Let's continue in worship. If you have your Bibles, find your place in John chapter 17. John chapter 17. These days we are speaking about a very important subject. Uh, we call, I call, dead to the world. As we think about our relationship to the world, Paul the Apostle said what? Galatians chapter 6, I am crucified to the world, and the world is crucified to me. And so for some series of weeks now, we've talked about this together. We've left on your chair. Uh, and if you're a guest with us, by the way, and those of you joining us online, may the Lord bless you. I'm Pastor Mike. We're honored to have you today. If you're a guest worshiping with us, and may the Lord bless you. So here on your chair, we will leave these out for you. We try to do this each time as we uh, finish looking at some truths together from God's Word. Uh, these 12 truths are some things that we're looking at, and you'll see that we have just a couple more uh, in the next few weeks. But I give you these because it reminds you of what we've been saying about our responsibility. Paul said it, I'm crucified to the world. The world is crucified to me, and yet I'm alive as a new creature in Christ. So what does that look like? And how do we live in this world? Oh, my dear brothers and sisters, what a great need, what a great need it is for those of us who are followers of Jesus to know our place and our purpose in the world. And that's what we've been talking about together. John chapter 17 is, these are, as all of God's word is inspired, as all of God's word is without error, these words are sacred, holy mysterious words. These are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ who intercedes, who prays for disciples, including all the ones who are in this room today, those listening to my voice today online, and all who will come to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ before He comes again. This is, this is a picture of what our Lord Jesus does now for us in heaven. He prays for His people. I would encourage you to learn how to appreciate and love the words of John 17. These are, these are the words of the Lord Jesus as He prayed for you. Have you ever had someone you appreciated, the, you appreciated them so much and they said, I pray for you. Oh, what a joyful thing. But there's nothing to compare to the joy and the encouragement and the comfort that comes in knowing that the Lord Jesus Christ is praying for all of us today who are believers in Christ. So we read beginning in verse number 6 for the sake of time. And our focal verse will be verse number 11. John 17, and in just a moment I'll say just a little bit more about this wonderful chapter. The Lord now speaks to the Heavenly Father. I'm going to go back, I'm going to go back and read verse 1. Jesus spoke these things and lifted up His eyes to heaven. He said, and then it begins. Verse number 6, I have manifested your name to the men which you gave me out of the world. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now they have come to know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words which you gave me I have given to them and they received them and truly understood that I came forth from you, and they believed that you sent me. I ask on their behalf. I do not ask on behalf of the world. 
but of those whom you have given me, for they are yours. And all things that are mine are yours. And yours are mine. And I have been glorified in them. I am no longer in the world. And yet they themselves are in the world. And I come to you, Holy Father. Keep them in your name. The name which you have given me. That they may be one even as we are. Heavenly Father, now we... Come to this place. We have sung praise to your name. We honor you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of kings, Lord of lords. You are our Lord. You are our Savior. And we have surrendered our lives to follow you. And we are here in this conditions of the world today. I pray that you might help us, Holy Spirit of God, to understand your word today. That we might, by our own discipline and by the help of the Holy Spirit, set aside distractions. The most important thing for all of us today is that we hear the Word of God and live according to your Word in the world. Let our light shine and may we be salt. May our saltiness be seen in our godliness. May our brightness be seen in our godliness. May there truly be a difference in we who call, our name, call ourselves followers of Jesus. <clears throat> How we need encouragement and insight from these words today, Holy Spirit. We all come to this place with all kinds of multiple cares and worries and distractions and joys. So now we thank you for this time in your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So again, what did John 17, 1 say? Jesus spoke these things. So he spoke these words out loud. Here the, it's not that this is the only time that the apostles had ever heard or seen the Lord Jesus pray. He taught them how to pray. That was the one thing they asked. Teach us how to pray. But this, this prayer is recorded in detail for all of us who now 2,000 plus years later live today. And we wonder, so what is it that the Lord Jesus is praying for his believers to do in the world? And what is he praying for them in the world? These words follow, if you have your Bible open, uh, John 13, 14, 15, 16, some of the most wonderful teaching truths of the Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes they call, we, we call them the, the uh, upper room words, the upper room sermon. These words warm the hearts and encourage the fearfulness of these disciples. The Lord said far more to them in John 13 through 16 than they could even comprehend. But they later understood it because the Holy Spirit of God made it real, John 13 to 16. These are, the, these are some of the best truths from the Lord Jesus. And then we have, could I say it, the best prayer of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is an example, my dear friends of what we're going to be talking about in the days ahead, we're going to focus for some time in the days ahead, through Easter and beyond, about talking about our Lord Jesus Christ, our great high priest. I don't believe we know enough about that as followers of Jesus. So here we have this blessed prayer of the Lord. He says it, he prays it in the presence of his disciples. He speaks out loud and he lifts his eyes to heaven and begins to speak to the Father. Oh, the glory of hearing the Son of God on earth speak to God the Father in heaven. He prays for these believers so that they'll remember these words. He says them out loud so that they'll have an impact on these disciples. 
For they were about to go on their mission. And the Lord wasn't going to be with them physically. The prayer of the Lord Jesus here is for Himself and for all believers from all generations until He comes. First, He prays that He will be glorified. And He prays for His own glorification. Verse 1. His eyes are lifted to heaven and He says, Father, the hour has come. Glorify Your Son, that the Son may glorify You. Here is the example and pattern for every believer who hears me today. That we would glorify God with our lives in order that God would be glorified through us. That's your mission. That's your task. And then this wonderful, this wonderful chapter is filled, and we'll look at it in some detail later, filled with all kinds of prayer for the disciples who would follow and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ from every generation. So as we're thinking about being dead to the world, today we think about this very important truth, and this is the focus of what I'm going to talk about today. Verse 11. I am no longer in the world, and yet they themselves are in the world. And I come to you, Holy Father, keep them in your name, the name which you have given me, that they may be one even as we are. The focal truth is that Jesus Christ prayed while He was still in the world for believers to be protected by God and united together while they're in the world. The focus of this, this request in verse 11, listen, the focus of this request is this. He's praying for believers in the world. Did you see it there? Verse 11. I am no longer in the world and yet they themselves are in this world. You are here today and you're in this world. We've talked about the challenges, the need for resistance, the need to live our lives in such a way that we're not caught up and stained by the world. We've talked about all of those matters. And you can look those up and think about them again. But now the Lord prays for us while we're in the world. The, the conditions of today won't be like the, the conditions perhaps of tomorrow. But we are expectantly waiting the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is coming. He is imminently soon to return. He is, as I say to you every week, the Lord is near. He is at the door. The Lord is near. He is at the door. That's not just some kind of rhetoric out of your preacher. I believe that with all of my soul. The Lord is near and at the door. So while we're in this world, what are we supposed to do? Well, first of all, I want you to see first observation. I have three of them from verse 11. That the Lord Jesus Christ is no longer in the world, ascended to heaven until He returns uh, to the world. This is the best news of all. Though it sounds strange, boys and girls, you're here and you love to be with your friends and your family and your mom and dad and all of those you love. And it's sad when you're not with them, when you're separated from them. What seems to be a sad thing is the best of things. The Lord Jesus Christ is no longer in the world, but has ascended to heaven until, until His return to the world. We'll see that and talk about that for just a moment. Secondly, Jesus Christ, while, he's in the, while He was in the world, He prayed for God's protection for all believers in the world. That's still for you today. 
The Lord Jesus' prayer for us, His eternal prayer, His prayer that is permanently, constantly being answered by God is this prayer for your protection in the world. And we need God's protection in the world. And finally, Jesus Christ, while He was in the world, by the way, He's giving us an example of how He intercedes now for us and prays for us. Jesus Christ, while He was in the world, prayed for the unity of all believers of every generation who would ever live in this world. Let's get to it. So the Lord says, verse 11, I am no longer Heavenly Father in the world, and yet they themselves are in the world, and I come to you. Brother Ken did well. The balloon ascending. What is it? The Lord Jesus came and blessed the disciples as we read in the Gospel of Luke, and then He ascended out of their sight physically, with His glorified body, He ascended out of their sight into the glorious heavens, into eternity, in the presence of God, in that place of majesty, as Peter and the other apostles call it. And now the Lord Jesus, I've said to you repeatedly, He is alive today, ascended, enthroned as our King High Priest until He is coming again to this world to Finish the work and the great day of God will come and judgment will come upon all the world, including the old devil. Why is it important that the Lord ascended, my dear friends? I am no longer in the world and yet they are in the world. I come to you, seems strange. The Lord not here with us, but he is with us. The Lord had to ascend. The Lord loved his disciples while he was in the world with them. In John 13, 1, it says now, before the feast of the Passover, Jesus, knowing that his hour had come, that he would depart out of the world, John 13, 1. He loved his own who were in the world, and he loved them to the end. I want you to know, if you're a follower of Jesus, how much the Lord Jesus loves you today. He loves you today. He loves us when we're not walking as we should. He loves us when we're in our rebellion. He loves us when we're not paying attention. He loves us when we obey Him. He loves us when we submit to Him. Our Lord loves us. Our Lord loves us from heaven. He loves us and He loves the disciples of every generation. He says in verse number 20, just follow me for a few of these verses in John 17. John 17, 20, I do not ask on behalf of these alone, these apostles who are hearing Him, but for those who will believe in me through their word. We have believed the Lord Jesus Christ and been saved because of the testimony of these wonderful apostles. And now we, like them, have a common faith. We share a common faith together. Just as they believed in the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved, you have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved. Those of you who are saved here today. And the Lord loved His people so much that He ascended to heaven and separated Himself from them. Does that sound strange? This shows us the glorious nature of the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ. He loved His disciples so much, He left them in this world while He ascended to heaven. Because you see, it was better for Him not to remain here, but to go to heaven. What did He say? Greater things will you do, disciples, because I go to the Father. The power and glory of the work of the church comes only because the Lord Jesus Christ is ascended today. I'm reminding this church today 
your Lord is ascended and enthroned, and He is our glorious King Priest, and He is the one who will return again, but He's done it for our good. He's in heaven. He's separate. We say, oh, if the Lord was just here on the earth, He'll be back. He'll be back to the earth, but He'll be back to the earth at the proper time. You see, He went and ascended to heaven to prepare a place for us. You ought to mark verse 24 as one of the sweetest, dearest words of encouragement to you in your life. John 17, 24, Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me be with me where I am. That's your promise. When you die, you will be with the Lord Jesus Christ forever and you will see for eternity and, and enjoy the pleasures of eternal pleasures of worshiping, glorifying the glorious Lord Jesus Christ forever. You see, the Lord Jesus ascended and He prepared a place. He loved us enough and He represents us in heaven. He represents us there. What did Paul say in Hebrews 9? Christ has not entered into the holy place made with hands, but now He has is he is entered into heaven to appear in the presence of God for us. He is our representative. He is our mediator. He is the one who stands as the final sacrifice for sin. By His blood, we now can enter into the presence of God. You can pray. You pray in the name of, the Je of, the name of Jesus, our Lord and our mediator. You see, His ascension was because He loved us. His ascension was to prepare a place for us, to represent us, to be our mediator, and also to provide us all with the Holy Spirit of God. John 16, 7, the Lord says, just over the page, But I will tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send Him to you. What a blessed thing in this room, all of you who are saved, that you have, as I have repeatedly said to you, the Holy Spirit of God dwelling in you, and you are now possessed by the Holy Spirit of God. He possesses you. You are not your own. It is to the advantage of every believer in this room that our Lord has ascended to heaven or we would not have the Holy Spirit. How would we do our work? How would we use our gifts? How would we have power to live? How would we do? How would we understand the truths of God? It is by the Holy Spirit and the Lord's ascension. The Lord's ascension to heaven is a promise for His return. What does He say in 14.3 of John? He says, if I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And the Lord Jesus is coming again. So first we're reminded today that the Lord Jesus is no longer in the world, my dear friends. Ascended to heaven until His return to the world. Oh, that's why we think about heaven more than we think about the earth. That's why... You set your mind on heavenly things rather than on earthly things. If you think enough about earthly things, you'll go into despair. That's the problem with some in this room. If you think about what's happening under the sun, it will lead you to recognize what Solomon said. There's nothing but emptiness in it and the blowing of the wind and chasing the wind in it. But oh, if you would set your mind on things above, if you would set your mind on the glorious reality 
that our Lord Jesus has ascended to heaven and is alive today and is listening to you as you pray and praying for you and providing for you all you need, it will lift your spirits and allow us to be His people to serve Him. Secondly, Jesus Christ, while He's in the world, while He was in the world, He prayed for our protection in the world. The ascension of Jesus Christ, listen, guarantees the protection of God's people in the world. And I don't say this lightly because there are many of our own people who love the Lord Jesus in places around the world who are in grave danger because of their witness. They will perhaps be martyred, locked away in a prison, forgotten, but they're never forgotten and they're not unprotected even in the most desperate conditions. You see, you face dangers in the world. Don't be... One of the things as parents and grandparents we work hard to do is help our children and grandchildren know there really are dangerous things and people in the world. And I'm telling now every believer in this room, there are dangers for every one of you in this world. They're real. The dangers are those which will trip you up in your walk with God. The dangers are the traps of Satan who's designed this satanic system of antichrist in this world that will pull you down, seek to make you compromise your faith in Christ and your walk with God. You see, there are dangers all around and the Lord Jesus prayed for us. And how did He pray? Verse 11, He says, Holy Father, keep them in Your name, the name which You have given Me. You see, this is how we have protection. Are you listening? In the name of Jesus Christ, we have protection. We have protection in the name of, who is He? Yeshua. You shall call His name Yeshua. For He shall save His people from their sins. Every day of life, even when you don't know it, my friend, because you are saved, the Lord is saving you from things. He is our Savior and our Lord from our sin. And He is a Savior from our wickedness. He is a Savior from temptations. If you'll pay attention and look for the way of escape. He is our Savior. In the name of the Lord Jesus is all authority. In the name of the Lord Jesus is all salvation. And in the name of the Lord Jesus comes all the blessings of God and His name. The good news of eternal life and forgiveness and justification and being sanctified and glorified and having God's power and mercy and love. Can I go on? You are protected by God, my friends. That's why He's left us in this world. He's left us in this world protected so that we might do His work. Verse 6 of John 17. I manifested your name to the men whom you gave me out of the world. They're yours and you gave them to me and they have kept your word. That's what we do in the world. We keep and obey the word of the Lord. We do what He says for us to do, my dear ones. For the words that you gave me, I have given to them. Verse 8. I gave you the words, the Lord says to the apostles. And to you, you've received those same words. That's why we pick up our Bibles. That's why we read these precious words from beginning to the end. These glorious, wonderful words for us. They are words of life. Sing them over again to me. Wonderful words of life. These are the words that give us life. These are the words that give us hope. These are the words that protect us 
from the lies of the enemy and deceitfulness of the world. So the Lord Jesus, while he was still in the world, prayed for God's protection for all believers in the world. And he still prays that today for you today. Protect them, Lord, in the world. Holy Father, keep them in your name, the name which you have given me. And finally, Jesus, while he was in the world, prayed for the unity of all believers in the world. For every generation, for all believers. He prayed, he prayed for this glorious truth of us being united to Christ. I'm looking here at all of you. You're looking at me. Those of us who are believers in this room, we share something. We, are, we share something that is deeply spiritual and amazing and yet mystical in many ways. We are united one to another and we're united together in Jesus Christ. How did Paul say it? I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Every believer here in this room, everyone listening to me, it's a believer. On the internet, Christ lives in me. We are now united in Christ. Look at these words. Look at the amazing statement of how the Lord speaks of them in his prayer, beginning in verse 20. I do not, I do not ask on behalf of these alone, John 17, 20, but those who believe in me through their name. Verse 21, that they may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you. You see the way in which this glorious, glorious reality of God the Father, God the Son, and, and Spirit united together in oneness is the same for us. Notice that they all may be in us. We are in God and God is in us. What do we do in this world? As I've mentioned to you before, we are different people because we are in Christ. We are united to Him. Paul says this strange thing. Your life is hidden with Christ in heaven while you're still on the earth. Though you're on the earth, you are united to Christ in heaven now. There is this amazing thing going on that you cannot be separated from your Lord. You cannot be, we are inseparable from the Lord Jesus Christ. And because of that, it gives us joy. We're united together, brothers and sisters. He goes on, that they may be one as we, verse 21, even as you, Father, are in me, I'm in you. They also may be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. It is because of our connection and our united union to Christ, all of us as believers, that the world will have an opportunity to believe that Jesus Christ has been sent from God. Verse 22, the glory which you have given me, I have given to them. Look, that glory is now in you, believers in Jesus Christ. The glory of having a relationship with God, that glory which you gave to me, I've given to them that they may be one as we are one. I in them, look at verse 23, look at the language of what it means to be united together, for all of us to be united together. I in them, you in me, that they may be perfected in unity so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you have loved me. Oh, the joy of being united together. I'm speaking now of something we commonly share in this room who are believers. It's something we ought to rejoice in. It's something we ought to thank God for, that we are united together in Christ. No matter how old you are in Christ, no matter how... 
how much, how rich or poor you are, no matter how smart you are, no matter how much education you have, no matter where you come from, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ, we share the joy of being united in Christ as we go to our brothers and sisters in South Asia and we share with them as we go to Cuba, as we go on our missions from this church and we have the opportunity to go into other places, we see our brothers and sisters, though they speak a different language, we are united because we are united together in Christ. What a glorious thing. And we're united to grow in maturity together. Now we're growing up together. As Paul said, we are to grow up in all aspects into Him. Who is the head, even Christ. That's what's happening to us as we're together here. While we walk together in this, on this earth, we come together. And what do we do at this church? We make disciples. We discover how we're to grow up together. We grow up together. You see, that's what, that's what brings fondness in relationships. Some of you have long relationships with each other. As you say, and we say, you've grown up together. Well, to grow up together means you have common interests. You have common experiences. Yes, that's what happens to you when you're a follower of Jesus. We grow up together in all things to Christ and we're united by the Holy Spirit of God. What did John say? You have an anointing from the Holy One. And you know all. You have an anointing. We're united to Christ in this glorious relationship that is ours. We're in Christ. Christ is in us. We all share it together. No matter who you are as a believer, we have the Holy Spirit and we are called and united to share the gospel. Paul said, uh, uh, these are the only Jewish believers among my co-workers. This is what he was writing to the Colossian church. Listen, Colossians 4.11. These are the only Jewish believers among my co-workers Listen, they are working with me here for the kingdom of God. And what a comfort they have been. You know what we do here together? We do what we do together for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and sharing the gospel in this church. And what a comfort we are to each other. You know why the Lord said this? He said this to us because we need each other while we're in this world. How did he say it? John 13, 35, you all know these words. You've heard it preached many times in your life. Many of you have memorized it. John 13, 35, by this, by this, by this, by this, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. United together, we love one another. United together, with the Lord Jesus' protection over us, we are united together with a common salvation and common experiences. Listen to me as I finish. Now we love one another. That doesn't mean you always have a good, warm, fuzzy feeling about everybody else. Love is far more than fuzzy feelings and emotional uh, dizzies and silliness. No, it is deep and sacrificial. It is when you say, no, I'm going to act the way I'm going to act toward my brothers and sisters because this is best for them in Christ. Regardless of how they might respond to me, this is what I will do for them because this is an act of love. Loving one another. Look, when it gets down to it, the Lord Jesus is in us and the Holy Spirit fills us and we have only each other. We have been placed in this world outnumbered outmanned the powers of the evil one seeking to rage all around us and bring destruction 
as this world is fading away and devolving, as things come to a final time and the end of all days is upon us, the reality is that we only have each other and there's not that many of us. And what we do toward each other is to encourage each other, to support each other, to put up with each other, to walk with each other, to love each other as we've been loved by the Lord Jesus Christ. So what does the Lord say to us in this glorious truth about living in this world? Protect them so that they can be united to one another in love. I appeal to everyone in this church who's a part of this church to make that your great ambition. Not just to love your friends. Not just to love those that you've known the longest. Not just to love those that you feel like agree with you on everything, but to love the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. Love them. There is something special about God's people. And if you step back and look at God's people in the world, there's something that will draw your heart to love God's people as they seek to live for Him in the world. And that ought to be the ambition and goal of every person who's a part of First Baptist Church. So what do we remember and do with these things today? What is it that we need to remember and do with what the Lord has said to us in verse 11? I am no longer in the world, and yet they themselves are in the world. And I come to you, Holy Father... Keep them in your name, the name which you have given me, that they may be one as we are one. Well, I've said it repeatedly already. The Lord Jesus is in heaven today. Praise God, praying, representing, and loving believers in the world today. He loves you today. He's praying for you. He's representing you. And He loves you while you are in the world. He's not, he's not lost track of you. He's not forgotten about you. He's not overlooked you. He is praying for you. He is representing you. And He is loving you. And what does He do? How does He do it? Remember what Paul said? He said that the Holy Spirit pours out the love of God in our hearts. So as I'm walking in this world facing all the things I face, you know what the Holy Spirit keeps doing? Just pouring out my heart. How much the Lord loves me. How much the Lord loves me. He loves me. Yes, He loves us when we go through hard family times. Yes, He loves us when we lose everything. Yes, He loves us when our job goes away. Yes, He loves us when there's sadness in our relationships with others. He loves us when there's sickness and troubles around us in the world. He loves us. We walk in this world with the Holy Spirit continuing to say, You are loved by God. How much better can it be? Believers are protected in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So when we walk in this world, we aren't afraid. We're not afraid. We're not afraid of what others can do to us we stand in the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We share it. We live it. We love other people knowing we are under the protection of God. How did John say it? The evil one cannot touch you. And finally, I just say it again. 
We've experienced it in this church. I've experienced it as many of you have in other places where I have served. Oh, the how wonderful for believers to live together, united in Christ and one another. There's so much with that. How wonderful, how wonderful it is. How wonderful for us. Every time we gather in this place, it's, an op it's a wonderful time. Don't overlook the times. Don't neglect and, and underappreciate them. Why do we not want to forsake assembling together? Because we'll miss living together and loving one another and being united in Christ and enjoying all that that means. To the praise of His glory and of His grace, the Lord is near to the door. The Lord is near to the door. Come Lord Jesus. Come Lord Jesus.